Hey, what's going on? It's Quinn David Furness. Welcome to my show. Quinn David Furness presents the Beantown Podcast for Friday, December 8th, 2023. One of the last couple episodes here of year six on the Beantown Podcast. Coming to you live, streaming on Beantown Networks, SoundCloud, Spotify, rest in peace, Stitcher, Apple Music, wherever you get your podcast. Thanks for tuning in to my show. I am the host, creator, producer, uh, set designer, prop designer. I saw the prop designer from The Office passed away. I saw a Reddit post about that from The Office Ladies Podcast, one of our main competitors. So rest in peace to that guy. But uh, we're coming to you live on a Friday afternoon here talking uh, Christmas songs. I think, you know, as I was as I was writing this show about an hour or two hours ago on the, the, uh, the bike, uh, I realized maybe we've done this show in the past. I don't know, but we'll just treat it like a Groundhog's Day. We're going to be power ranking and, and more just kind of loosely discussing some of my least favorite Christmas songs, holiday season songs. We got some suggestions and recommendations from Rachel. I've got uh, a couple ones that didn't quite make the cut of like my least favorite, but they're dangerously close. So we're going to get into that in a second. Listener discretion is advised when you're listening to the Beantown podcast. Number one, we'll occasionally use some language. Number two, this podcast is objectively terrible. Pretty tired, long week of work. Worked uh, downtown till 9 p.m. last night and uh, got uh, got the two drinks lined up here. So I, I feel like we haven't done a podcast while consuming your favorite adult beverage in a little while. And, and once January hits, we're going to have a full probably four shows without it. So got to got to pace myself got to be ready for a dry january coming up it always sneaks up on you doesn't you doesn't it and it's uh, you know it's it's something i welcome it's something that i definitely need to reset for it's good for my body good for my mind but it's also definitely a challenge it means i got uh, 23 days left here before i go cold for 31 days and uh, i got to got to get locked and loaded so we've got uh, the new Belgium Christmas ale, a fresh six-pack in the fridge, ready to go. And we just came back from Sagatuck, which shout-out to Sagatuck and uh, the uh, friends of Mount Baldhead, the Orb, all that great stuff. That was a really fun show last week. Hopefully you found it interesting, entertaining. What I like about the Orb is it's just like this really cool thing to look at. It's a great like place to do a little bit of hiking. It's neat because it's like in between town and the beach, so it's got some nature going on. We, we, you know, we saw some deer while we were there. Uh, but there's a lot of like interesting history behind it as well. So hopefully you enjoyed last week's show coming to you live from a top uh, and uh, at the base of the stairs and then up at the top and then down again at the base of the stairs, Mount Baldhead and the Orb live there in Saugatuck, Michigan. Another great weekend in Saugatuck and a uh, nice time at the Christmas parade, the uh, ugly sweater bar crawl. I don't think we ended up winning any of the uh, raffle prizes, unfortunately, but had to stock up on some good beer. So Rachel got a, uh, it's called Melon Ball IPA, I think it was, from Saugatuck Brewing. And I, of course, had to pick up my peanut butter porter. So this, I'm drinking my second uh, can of six here. I had one last weekend while we were there. Where we're sipping on the Saugatuck Brewing Company peanut butter porter. And then I've got a little bit of, uh, it's not Tillamore Dew. I'm trying to remember, but it's... Um, it's a it's a classic whiskey brand, uh, but this is their rye version. It's a it's a shame that I can't remember. It's not like Maker's Mark or anything like that. It's gonna bug me, and I'm gonna find out in half an hour when we wrap this show. But so we got all that stuff in the fridge. I really wanted to grab a four pack of the Mitten Brewing Company's Peanuts and Cracker Jack, which is just an insane beer. So we had some. We went to Mitten. 
kind of at the end of our bar crawl before dinner last Saturday and uh, got it, got the flight, which we always do there. It's a little kind of like offshoot tap room with pizza, basically, and then their beer. Their main place is in Grand Rapids. But they have another great, you know, a great peanut butter, peanut flavored beer, peanut and Cracker Jack. And uh, wanted to get a four-pack Kuda while we were there. But then I was like, well, you got to carry it around for the rest of the bar crawl for dinner. So I was like, well, we'll just go get it the next day. But we woke up and got going so early. The next day that uh, it doesn't open till noon. I was like, well, we're ready to get out here by like 1030. So I don't want to just like bum around town for an hour and a half on a Sunday morning uh, just waiting to pick up some beer. So next time we'll get it. It's tough because the, you don't you can't find that beer like outside of their brew pub at all. So um uh, going to get it someday. Until then, it's just going to have to be a once a year kind of a uh, little bit of a taster. Although I I don't remember if I talked about this on last week's show, but I was reading before I went to Mount Baldhead last week and I was reading about the Mount Baldhead challenge, which is either I think I was talking about this, but yeah, it's a 10k or a half marathon. And I would be interested in participating in that in the future. We'll see uh, how the schedules align, how the stars align, that sort of thing. But it could be fun. Uh, shout out to our good friends, uh, not only in Sagutuk, but of course in the great nation of Pakistan. Thank you for making us the 112th ranked comedy podcast in the nation of Pakistan. Hello, Hyderabad. Hello, Khyber Pass. Hello, Karachi. I was, uh, I was reading about... Uh, Someone who starred in, uh, or, or maybe the guy who directed The Kite Runner, uh, which is Afghanistan, not Pakistan, but they're close. They're neighbors. I read that book and uh, never saw the movie, however. Um, but I, I'm also excited, speaking of, speaking of reading, uh, finally, I'd, I'd had like many books waiting to come, uh, waiting in transit for me to pick up. And I finally got two this week. I'm excited for, I read the first couple of pages of one of them, Princess Diaries by Carrie Fisher, which is all about kind of her time working, uh, and filming the original Star Wars 1977, I think filmed in 1976. So I'm a little bit into that. Rest in peace, Carrie. And then I got a great book called How Music Works, which is kind of a, a memoir slash deep dive into, music creation and, and uh, commercial music production by David Byrne uh, from the Talking Heads, who's a very uh, accomplished uh, musician and, and just human being. So I'm pumped for that one. That one's thick. It's like 400 pages or something like that, but it should be good. So finally, uh, have some have some good reading to do. I have to wait to read Ballad of Songbird and Snakes with uh, Lucy Gray and Primrose and Katniss and uh, Cornelius Snow, Coraline Snow, whatever his name is. I don't know. I like Cornelius. You can call him Corny. I was speaking of Cornelius, uh, and then we'll talk, uh, but this segues us well because we are, uh, going to talk about Christmas here. I think I mentioned listener discretion is advised, but just in case I didn't, it's, it's advice because the show is objectively terrible and sometimes we use some language. Um, I was, it was like half asleep late and I got home late. It was like 1130. I was lying in bed. And someone on Reddit posted about how, and this you see these posts come around this time of year every year, but someone posted about how they finally saw the original cut of Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, and they learned that Yukon Cornelius, the reason that he licked his pickaxe every time he threw it and it stuck in the ground was that he was searching for peppermint. Of course, if, you, if you, this is a revelation to you, you're going to learn right now. Uh, and you can email us, beantownpodcast at yahoo.com, sort of where you stood on this, because we had a... 
excuse me, we had a VHS of Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer growing up, and we would watch it, you know, once a year on average, and decorating the tree. But um, in the home release, I don't know what you would call it, home release, I guess, um, of Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, everyone knows Yukon Cornelius, of course, and he spends a whole movie, you know, prospecting. He's a prospector. That's his profession. But uh, he just kind of throws his pickaxe into the air, lands in the ground. He licks it and he says, mm, nothing. But in the, I don't know what it would be, the extended edition, the director's cut, something along those lines, there is a like a, like a five to ten second deleted scene right at the end when Rudolph like flies away uh, with the rest of the reindeer and Santa Claus to deliver presents. There's a scene with Hermie and Yukon Cornelius. It just like pans down. It's not a separate scene. It, like pans down from the sky to the ground. And, you know, it's the celebratory music in the background. And Yukon throws his pickaxe in the air. And the pickaxe lands in the ground. And he tastes it. And he says something like, Eureka, I found it. Peppermint. What I've been searching for all my life. So he lands on a peppermint mine. Which is funny because it's he's been searching for it. And now he finally found it. But it's in, San, it's in you know, the North Pole, Santa Claus's front yard. So Santa... Santa's been making big old bucks off of this for, you know, e- eternity. That's probably how he affords to buy out these these slave elves because he's got unlimited peppermint at his disposal. But there was a there was a heated argument on Reddit, which was really stupid. About you know, people were like, "Oh no, he was actually like he could taste the pickaxe and he could taste if it was gold or if it was silver, and he wasn't actually searching for peppermint." And it's so it's so dumb because like these people just hadn't actually seen the closing scene, but you can see it on YouTube. In fact, if you just go one-handedly like I am here, as I'm holding the Samson Q2U series, it's got crisp, clean audio quality uh, from Genesis to Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, and whatever book, you know, Hanukkah is in, I, you know, I don't think I ever got to that book in the Old Testament, but whatever one that one is in, because Hanukkah started today, I think it is, yesterday, something like that. When God speaks, he uses a Samson. I'll also uh, give a shout-out to our good friends at Cuts by Q. Did a nice little shave by Q here. Uh, kind of rushed through it, so uh, not Cuts by Q's best work, but the next a little bit uh, scratchy. Probably could have probably taken a little bit more time on that, but it's it's okay. It is what it is. Uh, I, I decided to keep the full beard for uh, without the neck beard for the mountain man look because I'm actually driving down to southern Illinois Monday morning. Uh, to do some hiking in the Shawnee National Forest region. I'm I'm pumped for that because I've never actually gone to that part of the state before. I don't, you know, I've I've been to St. Louis, I've been to Louisville, I've been to Memphis, but there's kind of this fertile crescent, if you will, at the very bottom of the state where the uh, you know Mississippi River is uh, running or ran into by the Ohio River, the southern tip of Illinois, and I'm I'm excited. There's so much good nature down there, and this time of year is going to be great. Did you miss the good fall colors? Yes, but it's going to be very quiet, very still. There's not going to be a ton of other people out there because I'm going to be hiking on like Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. So yeah, I'm I'm excited for it and capping it all off, staying at the Super Eight in Carbondale, which is like something out of a John Hughes movie, right? That's, that's something like, like John Candy would align that he would drop, right? He's he's staying down in the Super 8 in Carbondale. So it's it feels perfect for the Christmas time of year, I think. Cuts by Q. When you need to fresh do something, snap your new call the experts at Cuts by Q. Yeah, here we go. Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, 1964 peppermint mine scene. 
I can't play it over the airwaves for you due to copyright reasons, MGM or whoever owned this. But yeah, so Santa takes off. There's Donner. Well, this is kind of confusing. A quick hot thing for you. So I'm 10 minutes, 10 seconds into this 33 second scene. And you see Santa and the reindeer Rudolph at front. They take off. They fly away from Christmas Village. And then it pans down, and you see three reindeer. So it's Clarice, right, his, his girlfriend that he's, he's, you know, hooking up with kind of behind the scenes. And then there's Clarice's mom, who I don't think has a name in the film. I don't know. But then there's Clarice's dad, who's the – I think it's Clarice's dad or maybe it's Rudolph's dad. I don't know. Rudolph's dad in this picture is uh, – I think it's Donner, I think. And then Clarice's dad, like, might be the gym coach, Blitzen. I'm not sure. I don't remember how that goes. But uh, you see the three of them down there, and it's confusing because I thought whoever this this alpha male here in the, on the screen, whether it's Rudolph's dad or whether it's the gym coach, they were one of Santa's eight reindeer, right? It wasn't just some random reindeer who wasn't in the guild, G-U-I-L-D. So that's kind of confusing to me. I don't know, uh, maybe an oversight from the uh, production crew there. But then Yukon walks out. He stumbles out. He's got his little critters. That's something else I love. Yukon has these little critters. I think they're, you know, critters. They're his sled dogs. But they're not as big as, like, a normal husky would be um, or Siberian Malamute or whatever type of uh, dog a, a sled dog traditionally is. I think typically just huskies. So they're so small, and they look so uh, cute and dainty. I love those little critters, especially. <laughs> I got to go back and watch this at, at some point this this Christmas season. When Yukon, like, starts to go on his sled, he's getting pulled by something. I don't remember what, but all of his little critters jump on top, and they're along for the ride. And it's just funny thinking that they're, like, actually sled dogs that are supposed to uh, supposed to be the ones pulling his sled. So just kind of fun. Okay, so we continue on here. Yukon throws his pickaxe into the air like he always does. He walks over, it lands, he licks it. He says, Peppermint, what I've been searching for my whole life, I'm something rich. It sounded like he said, I'm fucking rich. I don't think that's right, though. Then he says, Wahoo, and it pans down to Hermie, and he gets so uh, taken aback by uh, the, the great joyous news that he tumbles backwards in classic Hermie fashion. So there you go, Peppermint Mine. If you uh, watch the VHS release of Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer all these years and you had no idea, there you go. That's what Yukon's been searching for, not silver nor gold. In hindsight, is a beautiful misdirection because he talks about how there's gold in these hills when he first meets uh, Rudolph and Hermie. And then he sings a whole song called Silver and Gold, or he doesn't sing it. Uh, Sam the Snowman sings it, but it's kind of his song, right? And then at the very end of the movie, it turns out he didn't care about Silver and Gold. He was in it for the peppermint. So there you go. I'll cap this off by uh, saying thank you to our sponsors, Home Pride Oregon. Uh, if you are a new home buyer or maybe a second-time home buyer, third-time home buyer, doesn't really matter, in Central Oregon, uh, your home inspection is something that you can't just kind of slack on. You can't mess around with it, right? This could cost you tens of thousands of dollars, hundreds of thousands of dollars, millions of thousands of dollars, right? So you're going to have to go with someone who's safe, certified, someone who's doubly insured, someone that you can trust. Go with my dad, Steve. Call 541-410-0316 or go to homeprideoregon.com. Tell them Quinn sent you. Use code... 
peppermint at checkout uh, for a, an error code that says we don't even have a discount code thing on our website. So you're on the wrong site. And if it said all that, that'd be pretty cool. Hobart, Oregon inspection perfection. Okay, so what we're actually talking about here is power ranking or talking about some uh, less than savory Christmas songs. And I think that we've done, you know, this type of thing in the past, but uh, I want to jump back into it. And, And maybe some of these are things that we've already talked about. Maybe some of these are things that we haven't talked about. Uh, but I do want to get into uh, some of these. Uh, but before we do that, I want to talk about our palindrome of the day. So I was thinking, you know, what's a you know a fun kind of Christmas or holiday themed word that would be a nice palindrome? And I was kind of running through them in my head. You know, frosty, no. Hanukkah, no. Hanukkah with a C in front, closer but not quite. And so I did a little Google search. I I landed on Pinterest, and I came across a. Holiday Christmas palindrome poem that is a little bit confusing, and you'll see why in a second here. It, this poem is 95% of the way there, and the last 5% just doesn't really make any sense. So here you go. Here's this week's palindrome of the day. Carolers singing, bells ringing, snow falling, lights glowing, hot coffee, giving gift. And here's so step out. Here's where things get wonky. This is the middle, if you will, uh, the focal, the fulcrum. What is that called in physics? The the fulcral point, something like that. I think fulcrum is that right? I don't know. It's like the middle pivot. Christmas Eve, and then it goes back and just is an inverse of what we just did. So gift giving, coffee hot. It's kind of a weird thing to say. Glowing lights, falling snow, ringing bells, singing carolers. And that's your palindrome of the day. It's not a palindrome. It's a Christmas poem. And if you just took out the weird Christmas Eve that is in the middle. So again, to recap, it goes, I know it's easier if you're looking at it like I am. So you get towards the middle of this poem. It goes, hot coffee, giving gift. It should be giving gifts. If you're just giving one gift, you're kind of a cheap ass, right? Giving gift... And then it says Christmas Eve, and then it says gift-giving, coffee-hot, glowing light. So this isn't your traditional palindrome letter by letter. This is word by word. But it's why do they put Christmas Eve in there? Because if you just said hot coffee, giving gift, or giving gifts, and then gifts-giving or gift-giving, I guess that's they had to say gift-giving gift because gift-giving makes more sense than gifts-giving. But they throw this random Christmas Eve in the middle. It doesn't make any sense, and it really messes up the whole palindrome, and frankly, Christmas is kind of canceled. So uh, I don't know who wrote that Christmas poem. Certainly not Jesus, definitely not Santa Claus. But uh, I think they need to maybe a little refresher on what a palindrome is, and you can't just throw a random Christmas Eve in there and still call it a palindrome. So sorry to sour the mood. Let's talk, uh, we're going to have trivia at the very end here. It's, it's Hanukkah related. I'm not going to go too much further, which is obviously a classic thing to say on the show, but I just got a couple songs I want to walk you through. We're not doing uh, a couple footnotes. We're not doing like an in-depth breakdown of each one of these songs, just anything that comes to mind. And we're not going like, here's number 10, here's number nine. Here's no, we're just, it just got a you know list here that I wrote on the bike. I didn't have time to, or didn't. Uh, think about it really in the way of like, oh, this is by far my least favorite. This one isn't so bad. Um, so we got a couple just like, not different, not different tiers, but just like these belong in different places. 
starting with uh, some of uh, Rachel's suggestions, she had two that uh, she made sure that we uh, should mention here on the podcast. So to lead off, this is a uh, this one belongs on like all of these lists, these bad Christmas song lists. It's not uh, uncommon. It's pretty classic. It's Dominic the Donkey, and. I'll I'll be honest, Dominic the Donkey is not a song that I listened to or heard a lot growing up, and uh, to this day, it's not one that I'm like, oh yeah, I come across this often, and I gotta skip it. Excuse me, it really doesn't exist in my circle, if you will. So I gave it a fresh listen when I was on the bike, and uh, it's it's bad. It's in the same realm as I Want a Hippopotamus for Christmas, which we're going to talk about in a little bit here. But what takes Dominic the Donkey to the whole next level is just the egregious usage, the flagrant, F-A-F-L-A-G-R-A-N-T, usage of all these weird, like, hacky, hokey, I don't know what the difference is between hacky and hokey, but it's both of them, weird sound effects. Like, when they mention Dominic the Donkey, there's, like, this weird jingle that comes through. There's, like, the sleigh bell noise going on, which really gets on your nerves after a while. There's, uh, you know, just kind of like the... The I don't have a better adjective for it, but just like bump fuck kind of bass line. And then, you know, the stupid donkey. No one ever wanted donkey sound effects in a movie in a in a song, not even a song about donkeys. You could call it Shake My Ass, and I wouldn't want donkey sound effects in it. So I don't have much more to say about it because I wasn't raised on Dominic the Donkey, but uh it's definitely a song that I'm very happy to, uh, I, I don't need to like, oh, I'll listen to it once a year because it's Christmas. I don't need it. No, we can just, there's five, seven thousand, two, eleven hundred Christmas songs out there. And uh, we just don't have room for Dominic the Donkey in the inn, right? Luke 2, 11, the shepherds were terrified and there was no room in the inn and yada, 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 Hanukkah. There you go. Uh, the other one that Rachel suggested I think is a good entry. The uh, Michael Jackson uh, or Jackson 5 version of I Saw Mommy Kissing Santa Claus, which I don't know, were they the original artist who did that? I'm certain they didn't write the song, but are, is that, because we all know the Michael Jackson or uh, Jackson 5 version, but was like, is it like, was that the first one that came out you know, back in the 60s? I actually, it's strange how life works sometimes. I woke up and, uh, you know, work from home today, and I think the first thing, I would say every other day, every third day, I woke up. I wake up with a song in my head, and it's just completely random. I don't have any explanation for it. It's not like, oh yeah, someone said something about this the night before, and then I went to bed and I woke up and something related to that was in my head. Tonight or this morning is a perfect example. Before I, you know, asked Rachel for her um, entries into this, I woke up this morning and I had ABC by Jackson Five in my head, so I watched the. Uh, I don't know what it was. Um, some variety, com- uh, standard. Can't speak here. Losing my losing my words here. Classic variety show. Something you know, like Dick Clark, something like that. Um, where the uh, Michael Jackson and the Jackson Five lip sync their you know their song ABC, uh, and I never seen the the clip before. But that song was stuck in my head when I woke up, and so there's no reason for this. I haven't listened to Jackson Five or thought about Michael Jackson and. I don't know, months. Like, that's not a hot take. It's been many months since I've even considered that, uh, those artists or, or Michael. So, and then, you know, 
six hours later, Rachel's out here saying, oh, yeah, Michael Jackson, Jackson 5, I saw Mommy Kissing Santa Claus. I think what, what, she, what really bugged her was the, you know, kind of Michael Jackson commentary, the little, you know, 10-year-old kid in the background. Uh, I did, I did, you know, that kind of thing. So I get it. It's, uh, yeah, I, that, that song doesn't, uh, it doesn't disappoint me. I don't feel as hollow inside when I listen to that as I do uh, Dominic the Donkey, but I, uh, I agree with the suggestion and I appreciate it. So thank you to uh, my lover, my fiance, Rachel Ramos, for uh, those suggestions. I want to mention one other thing, and he's welcome to come on the show and, and kind of uh, not dispute the take, but uh, clarify anything as necessary. But my impression growing up, my understanding growing up was that my dad really hates the little drummer boy, <laughs> which, which is, is in one on one hand makes sense because it's a super irritating, repetitive song. On the other hand, it's just funny to think that, you know, my dad, a very kind, gentle person, just really hates a song about this little kid playing his drums. Um, the reason I said he could come on the show to clarify is I feel like I usually uh, heard that my dad hated that song through my mom. Like she would always say, oh, yeah, Steve hates this song. So, um, yes, in case you're wondering, that's Steve F. from Home Pride, Oregon, 541-410-0316, or go to homeprideoregon.com. Mention code Little Drummer Boy uh, to add uh, it's like a negative 10% discount code. Your inspection is going to cost more. But it's only 10%, so it's really not that bad. It's like worth it maybe to rile them up, I guess. Something to consider. I don't know. Um, but uh, here's what I'll say about Little Drummer Boy. If it's like a really kind of way too cheery white lady singing, like Kristen Chenoweth or something singing Little Drummer Boy and whatever version you can imagine that would be, I am 100% on board. That's going to be terrible. I just want to give a quick plug to the Vince Guaraldi trio version of Little Drummer Boy from the Charlie Brown Christmas soundtrack. Because that thing is, uh, you still get, you know, the little kids from the, I don't know, where are they from? They Little kids from like a school, like a primary school in St. Paul, right? Or like a Catholic school in St. Paul who assisted Vince Guaraldi with the recording of that uh, soundtrack. You know, they're on um, uh, Christmas Time is Here, of course. Hark the Herald uh, Angels Sing. Um, and a little drummer boy and probably something else I'm forgetting. I don't know. But with, you know, all the kids singing in the background, I think it's a, I have to go back and research this. I think it's a, a primary school, a Catholic school, I think, or maybe a public school. I'm not sure in St. Paul, which is where Charles Schultz was from. Um, now by the time he was older, he lived in, uh, I think he lived in Los Angeles. I think he moved in, of course, like Lee Mendelssohn. Uh, who produced that show and Vince Guaraldi, those guys were all, you know, Hollywood. So, I, but I, I think they got the kids from St. Paul. I don't think it was Los Angeles. So that's kind of cool. Uh, I mean, obviously I will side with St. Paul over LA any chance I get. So here's just another example. Um, but Steve, dad, if you're out there, if you actually really love Little Drummer Boy and it's been a, a misinformation, disinformation, what's the difference between disinformation and misinformation? I don't know. It's been one of those campaigns for the last, you know, the last 29 years I've known you. Then we welcome you onto the show, not only to promote your business, but to clear up your thoughts on the little drummer boy. Shout out to my dad for coming on our show. Gosh, I guess it's been three years now for our year, what, three Christmas special it would have been. Something like that. We did a taste test, a blind taste test of uh, various hostess and 
Little Debbie products and had to guess which ones were which. That was also a video cast. You can find a select number of our shows on my YouTube channel. If you search for Beantown Podcast, Quint Furnace, whatever you uh, want to search for, you'll find it. Okay, so here's here's my list. And I'm not going to go super in-depth on this because I want to get through this pretty quickly. But just... And they they kind of cover a wide array of of you know pop kind of things or traditional. Some of them, I guess, there's only like two traditional. I don't know. Um, my first one is Carol of the Bells, and it's it's just so repetitive, in a similar kind of way that Little Drummer Boy is. But Carol of the Bells is just like hard to get away from. There's nothing interesting that happens in that song. It's like if you learn to play it on the piano. If you learn to play the first two measures, you know how to play the same the whole song. And anytime I hear Carol of the Bells, it gives me slight PTSD. Shout out to the uh, East High School, uh, Rockford East High School um, band. It wasn't an orchestra. I don't know what you would call it. Back in 2013, 10 years ago, probably pretty much to this day, I was, I was a freshman in college. I had come back home. I had a big six-week winter break. And I got hooked up with the East High School Christmas program, whatever. I think I made 50 bucks off of it. The, the guy who ran it was my brother Jack's uh, viol- old violin teacher, younger uh, or uh, oldest child, I think. Kind of convoluted there. But I got hooked up to play with these guys. And they did uh, all sorts of songs. I don't remember what exactly I was involved in, what I wasn't, but one thing I was involved in was their cover of Christmas List. Uh, that's L-I-Z-S-T, which is done by, um, who is it? It's not It's not Mannheim Steamroller. It's um, the other like Christmas rock band uh, that does that song. Oh, I typed in Christmas List and I couldn't even find it. I know that's the name of the song. Uh, but basically, it's a song that combines like some Christmassy stuff like Carol of the Bells with Liszt's Hungarian Rhapsody Number no. 2, which you would know if you heard it. Trans-Siberian Orchestra, that's who it is. And it's a very technically challenging piece. I'm going to listen to it later. Toy Shop Madness. Uh, it's not Christmas List. It's called Wish List. That's why I couldn't find it. Wish List by Trans-Siberian Orchestra. So basically, we had to do this and other songs. I don't remember what it was, but I was playing piano for them. And we had like one rehearsal beforehand. And these were just, I know most of you listening don't know the uh, the intricate fabric of uh, Rockford's four public high schools, Jefferson, East, Auburn, and Guilford. But let's just say East is on uh, the low end of the uh, spectrum in terms of talent, reputation, uh, pretty much everything. Um, Guilford is a lot of the kind of richer, nicer kids. Auburn is West Side, which has its own kind of story, but also has the Academy, which gets the top kids in Rockford. Jefferson, you kind of get a mix of everything. East is just like hardcore East Side, um, but not like Far East Side. Just uh, not a lot of funding, not a lot. Not a lot happened in there. So I'm I'm there trying to like plays with these guys. They got a full drum set and stuff, and it's just terrible. Just one of the worst things I've ever heard. It's really challenging for me. It's really challenging for them. Um But it, we did the performance. It happened. I think one or two people clapped. 
and then at the end, I was surprised uh, because there was no uh, forewarning for this. Uh, at the end, the music director, Jack's violence teacher kid, was like, hey, why don't we like play some Christmas? This is, the show is still going on. Like The show didn't end. Like Everyone's still in the auditorium. And he's like, why don't we play some Christmas carols and we can all sing along? And he's like, you know, uh, Joy to the World? Do you know Hark the Herald Angels Sing? Like, talking to me in front of this group. And I'm like, okay. I don't have any sheet music or anything. I'm just going to, like, use my ear and we're going to do it. And it wasn't like the whole band was playing. It was just me at the piano on this stage in front of, you know, probably, like, 75 people. I don't know. But uh, that happened. So I think that was the last time I ever played for a Christmas program, 18-year-old Quinn. So there you go to come back all the way on that carol of the bells not my favorite um i think this is not a hot take at all i think lots of you'll feel this way but this song just i think out of all the songs on this list this is the one that just makes me the most upset when i hear it on the radio wonderful christmas time paul mccartney i don't even have much to say about it i will just say the course in that song plays over and over and over again 37 gazillion times in a row and it's a it's a two line two measure course simply having a wonderful christmas time it's the most boring like chord progression of all time it's got a very um irritating sleigh bells in the background and then it has this strange like you know the like kind of like synthesizer like if the synthesizer was drunk kind of sound playing some chords in the background that sort of thing and the whole thing comes together, and it's just the worst thing I've ever heard. Um, I would rather listen to Mistress for Christmas by ACDC off of, uh, I don't know what album it's on, probably The Razor's Edge, something like that. I would rather listen to that Brian Johnson singing about sleeping with Australian hookers for 30 straight hours than have to listen to Wonderful Christmas Time twice. I'll stand by that. Brian Johnson over Paul McCartney. Hot take. I don't care. Uh, next up on our list here, again, in no particular order, this one is going to upset some family members, so I apologize, but I'll just, I'll, I'll go through it quickly, I promise. The Chipmunk song, I had to look it up because I was like, what is this song actually called? Everyone knows what the song is. Everyone knows that it's sung by Alvin and the Chipmunks. Christmas, Christmas time is here. It's just called, I looked it up, it's just called The Chipmunk Song. That's my first strike against it. You couldn't come up with a, a more evocative title. There's a good word for you. This, this holiday season, evocative, E-V-O-C-A-T-I-V-E, evocative. Um, here Here's what I'll say about it. There's a certain catchiness to it, the hook. I get it. It's fun. It's, it's stupid in a silly way. Like, I'm not like, oh, this is burning my brains. I can't listen to it. What I really don't like is the talking in between where the uh, – the guy, I don't know who it is, but he's played by Jason Lee in the you know 21st century films where he's like, okay, that was good, Theodore. That was pretty good, Simon. Alvin, what about you? Alvin, and then he yells. That just, if it happened once in the song, I'd be like, okay, that's, the, that's their thing. That's cool. I get it. But it happens like three times. And I just, uh, he yells and he's like, Alvin. And Alvin's like, okay. And again, it happens once. It's cute. It happens twice. Eh. I think it happens three times in the song. I don't know. I don't want to listen to it. It just gets tiring. I feel tired listening to it. So there you go, Chipmunk song. Um, next up we have, oh, this one I, I really hate. Um, just the idea of it makes me uh, a little ick. Santa Baby. 
the whole it's like a sexy singing it's like Marilyn Monroe JFK kind of thing Santa baby come down my Christmas tree tonight something like that I don't know it's uh kind of like evocative but provocative is what we're talking about today I think Santa baby I don't it has anyone ever said like Santa baby oh I love that song it's it's flirty it's dark it's sexy I love it no it's just kind of gross Okay, we don't need to be talking about coming for Christmas. I know Vince Guaraldi has a an instrumental in the uh, Charlie Brown Christmas soundtrack called Christmas is Coming. But uh, it was like the, the, the early 60s, right? I think we uh, were a little bit more innocent back then, perhaps. Um, so when you talk about coming down my, you know, big fat titties or whatever they say in, uh, you know, Santa Baby, I don't recall. But it's just not uh, not my cup of tea. This is uh this was in the Me Too movement, um, it, but even regardless of just like the uh, the subject matter, the kind of duet thing going on here is not my favorite. Baby, it's cold outside, so uh, the obvious like coerced into sex kind of thing, not a fan of, but also just the like, excuse me, something about the uh, the uh, melody of this one and the harmony is just like not doing it for me. So. Those those are two of the more kind of like, not modern pop hits, but more modern e Christmas songs that just like, eh, a little bit too sexy, but not in like a fun flirty way. More in like a, there's uh, you gotta you gotta come on me, you gotta stay in here and come basically. So this podcast took a hard left turn. Let's get out of here. Let's talk about. Let's talk about physical abuse. John Denver, come on down. Please, Daddy, don't get drunk on Christmas. I had to listen to this one again on the train or uh, on the bike this afternoon because I knew that I was aware of this song, but I couldn't like sing it. I couldn't tell you anything about it. Let's, uh, let's just grab the lyrics real quick. If you never heard it, it's a very, um, it's like, I mean, John Denver is always kind of country-ish. Um, that's not even like a hot take. He's just basically a country artist, but before country got like Yellowstone basically. Um, but it's a very like Hank Williams kind of country sound, but just a quick little, uh, please daddy, don't get drunk this Christmas, John Denver. I don't think he's saying it originally, but the lyrics, here we go. Please, Daddy, don't get drunk this Christmas. I don't want to see my mama cry. Please, Daddy, don't get drunk this Christmas. Okay, same thing. I don't want to see mama cry. Just last year when I was only seven, now I'm almost eight, as you can see. Good good writing. You can you came home a quarter past 11 and fell down underneath our Christmas tree. There's the chorus again. Mama smiled and looked outside the window. She told me, son, you better go upstairs. Then you laughed and hollered, Merry Christmas. I turned around and saw my mama's tears. And the chorus a couple more times. So it's a little bit unclear, a little bit vague if, you know, mama's about to get smacked in the face by papa's five good reasons. I don't know, but, or daddy, but uh, it's not a super pretty picture. It's not, there's not quite enough, like, fun, happy hints and breadcrumbs, breadcrumbs for it, breadcrumbs. This is just how the show is going. Breadcrumbs for it, the song to be like, oh yeah, he's drunk and he's just like an irresponsible dad. It still like has enough toes in the water for it to be like, oh, dad's probably beating on mom. And so it's kind of uncomfy. And I don't want my Christmas to be uncomfy. When I think of Christmas, I think about being super comfy, like sweatpants and probably having a little bit too much alcohol before noon and eating a lot 
and like sitting on a comfortable chair and having zero responsibilities, which I guess will change in a couple of years when there's kids in the picture. There's going to be responsibilities. But Christmas also kind of seems like the kind of day when it's like you can do whatever you want. You know, if you want to go outside and I don't know, play football and sprain your ankle or something like we'll tape it up and we'll take you into the doctor the next day. Okay. So there's a little preview of my dad skills. Maybe cute. My kid QJ, maybe in 20 years, he'll do a cover of please daddy. Don't get drunk this Christmas. I feel like it's okay to get drunk on Christmas if you're good at being drunk, but if you start beating on mom, then it's not, it's probably not okay. That's kind of where I draw the line. Um, wrapping things up here, I think we've mentioned this on the podcast before, but you know, one of my long feuds is with uh, Lady Gaga. If you're not familiar with the Lady Gaga Christmas song called Christmas Tree, I know we were kidding around a little bit with like, come on my stockings and stuff, but Lady Gaga released a song called Christmas Tree, like right when, you know, Poker Face was coming out in like late 2000s when she was becoming a big thing. This song sounds like she produced it on like Garage Band in 2007 in a basement by herself. This is like the song, um, the the cow song by uh, Doja Cat, if you know that one, Bitch I'm a Cow or whatever it's called, where it's like this feels so raw and not professional and like weird. But you add the weird lyrics on top of that. Here we go. Uh, so it's got some little drummer boy stuff going here too. Rap pa pum 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 pum. Light me up, put me on top. Let's fa la 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 la. A.K.A. Let's fuck. The only place you want to be is underneath my Christmas tree. Light me up, put me on top. Ho ho ho, under the mistletoe. Yes, everybody knows we'll take off our clothes. Yes, if you want us to, we will. So she's not really uh, being as kind of vague as uh, some of these other songs where we talked about. I'm trying to see if there's any other new lyrics. The best time of the year, take off my stockings. I'm spreading Christmas cheer. Spreading. Lady Gaga's either bi or fully lesbian. I don't know. I don't really care that much. And then it ends with these lyrics. Uh, Not sexual, just weird. Space Cowboy, Lady Gaga. There she goes. Space Cowboy, Lady Gaga. Here we go. Cherry, cherry, boom, boom. It's like a two-minute song, and it's atrocious. I'm not just saying that because Lady Gaga and I have a very public a highly publicized, long-standing feud. It's just a shitty song. Like, I, I think Daddy Long Legs is objectively a better song. I stand by that. Uh, my last song here is, is kind of a... I, I, sometimes you gotta, you gotta admit when you're wrong. The whole album is not bad. There are some good tracks in there. But I will say this. Twisted Sister... <laughs> You didn't think I was going there, did you? Twisted Sister did a Christmas album maybe 10 years ago. I don't know. Something like that. And they do a number of tracks on there. Some of them are fine. Some of them are eh. But one that just doesn't work. They do a cover of 12 Days of Christmas. And I could have just put generic 12 Days of Christmas on here because it's such a boring song. By the time you get up to like 8, 9, you know, the dancers, the barons, whatever we're up to at that point. I couldn't even name 1 through 12. I mean... I haven't heard that song yet this year. One is a partridge in a pear tree. Two is, I don't know, five I know is golden rings. Turtle doves, I think, is two. Um, there's one with drummers. There's one with maid, maids and milkin', I think. Something with uh, you know, Lady Gaga spreading. Uh, that's one of them, perhaps. But Twisted Sister, if you don't know anything about them, you know we're not going to take it. I want to rock. So when you add that hairband metal kind of style, 
and you got to listen to it for like five minutes and it's also repetitive. I'm just like, who, who greenlit this one? There's so many other Christmas songs there. I mean, there's a million, you know, rock bands like Weezer, Green Day, whatever, who have done like generic cookie cutter kind of Christmas covers. But 12 Days of Christmas is just like, no one wants to listen to that because it's just so long and so boring. Weezer, uh, Oh Holy Night, Hark the Herald Angels Sing, go check it out. I love that album, their Christmas album. Arcade Fire has like a weird Christmas recording of like four songs when they were like in college um, where they're super drunk. There's, There's some good stuff for you to listen to if you've never checked it out before. Okay, I mentioned before we would have this. Um, like two more things here, three more things. Um, but these are songs for me that just made it. Like they could have been on this list, but I decided I don't actually actively hate them as much as these other ones I listed. So in the the three songs under the just made it list, we already talked about this, but I want a hippopotamus for Christmas. Same energy as Dominic the donkey, but a little bit more self-contained, no stupid music effects. And uh, it knows when to quit, you know? It's like two and a half minutes. It's got a good, you know, backing brass section it's fine um it's not a song i want to listen to over and over and over again but if it comes on the radio i i won't change it it's fine uh next mary did you know we didn't really dabble into like the religious christian christmas songs this time around um mostly because i tend to like most of them uh but mary did you know um i will will actively bypass if i get the choice but um kind of bugs me why why is your uh why is the title of your song a question okay you're leaving a lot up to the imagination and then finally in sync merry christmas and happy holidays whatever it's called i don't know i appreciate it for the sort of the meme element of it okay and that's why it it is in the just made it list but boy when you get towards the end and they're just saying that same refrain over and over again i'm just kind of like all right we this thing is past three minutes. Okay, we could have we could have cut this a little bit shorter. So I think NSYNC did like a mini comeback. I don't know if they're actively like out there singing right now, or if it was just like a one event thing. But Justin Timberlake, Link, Lance Bass, Joey Fatone, the two other guys. Um, it's not. I don't hate the song. I haven't heard it yet this year. I don't hate it, but uh, it's close. It's close to being there. It'll get on my nerves pretty quickly. Okay, I did want to give one quick shout out. We've already mentioned a bunch of things that you should listen to, um, either just for the experience because I hate it or because I think it's actually good. Uh, but one, you know, a classic every year I have to return to. I've done it once already this year. Haven't finished the clip though. There's like a 90 minute clip on YouTube. It's vintage Kmart Christmas music and it's interspersed the songs they would play with like the announcements on the PA. I think someone just like grabbed the tape that they would play and they turned it into a YouTube video. My dad would know a lot more about this. Uh, but I love that, you know, it, they, it repeats a lot. So it starts to get old after a little while. Like you don't have to listen to the full 90 minute thing, but I just, I love turning that thing on man and just zoning out. So if you, uh, YouTube search Kmart Christmas, uh, you'll see it. It's a great, like black and white kind of snowy picture from the parking lot of a Kmart storefront. So a lot of nostalgia there, obviously my dad, uh, my brother Jack and I both worked at Kmart uh, together for a, a little bit when we were in high school. So, uh, yeah, it's it's Kmart. I mean, just a quintessential part of my childhood. Uh, finally, our trivia question of the day here going to be very short and simple. 
Um, I don't have a lot of context. In fact, there's some controversy behind this answer when I was researching it. So we'll have to leave it up to the beanheads to sort this one out. But our trivia question of the day. What day of the week can Hanukkah not start on? Excuse me. So from the research I found, there's six days of the week you can start on. There's one that it can't. And again, I was doing research and it was like everyone was saying, okay, yeah, it's this day. It can't do it. But then I found like one or two other blogs who were like, no, it could actually start on any day of the week. It has to do with, you know, obviously like Jewish holidays, Jewish calendar, um, and I couldn't find, I didn't research it enough to figure it out and be able to explain it exactly like, here's why it can't be this day. Like, I don't know that for sure. But there was a pretty strong consensus on the internet that it could not be this day. So send us your answers, beantownpodcast at yahoo.com if you would like. Uh, the uh, We'll reveal the answer now. The day of the week that Hanukkah cannot start on, apparently, per internet sources, is a Tuesday. Uh, which, hey, this year holds up because Hanukkah started today. I just checked on my uh, calendar. Hanukkah first day. So uh, happy Hanukkah to all of our Jewish listeners out there, or even those of you who aren't Jewish but you just want to celebrate. Happy Hanukkah to you as well. Um, and uh, we've got, what, two more shows here before it's actual Christmas Day, which is crazy. I'm going to have to come up with two more Christmas topics, but that's okay because I love this time of year. Got a lot of music to listen to. Not Dominic the Donkey. Not Jackson 5, but there are other good Jackson 5 songs you can listen to. I don't actually know a Jackson 5 song other than ABC and I Want You Back. There's probably something obvious I'm missing, but I'll go figure it out later. Guys, that's what I got for you. Uh, going to church tonight, which is exciting. Catholic Jesus. Uh, my name is Quinn David Furness. Thank you for supporting our show. Thank you for listening. Uh, give us a five-star review on Apple if you're new. Um, or wherever you're listening, leave us a positive review. Let us know where you are listening from. That's what I have for you, everyone. Thanks so much for tuning in. Have a great weekend. Uh, Stay safe, stay sane, and I will check in on you next time. Bye.